When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, and unpredictable thoughts and behavior. From Ars Longa Media, this is Cluster B, scientifically informed, expert insights into the four Cluster B personality types, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, and histrionic personality disorder. Here's today's host, Dr. Todd Grande. This is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can identify some of the beliefs and thoughts that are behind vulnerable narcissistic behaviors. So I'll answer this by looking at the 10 vulnerable narcissistic behaviors and the thoughts that cause them. So in a way here, I'm kind of decoding vulnerable narcissistic behavior. I did a video before where I looked at this from the perspective of narcissism, but that wasn't specifically focused on vulnerable narcissism. This video is. This question about vulnerable narcissism is getting at this idea that when people behave in a certain way, to some extent, this is driven by beliefs and thoughts. And that's actually a core principle of what we see in cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Beliefs combine with stress, and this leads to thoughts, and thoughts lead to behaviors. One technique in CBT is to identify those thoughts and beliefs. This helps us change them so that behavior will change. So this exercise of decoding behaviors is a part of CBT. Most people who are not narcissistic have congruence between their thoughts and what they will do. So they tend to match. Thoughts and behaviors tend to match. People who have vulnerable narcissism tend to be deceptive and their insight is somewhat limited. They don't always understand that they are vulnerable narcissists, but they do often understand that something is unusual with their feelings. They can tell that something's off. And this is different from what we see with grandiose narcissism. What we see, therefore, is that vulnerable narcissist thoughts are not grounded in reality. They are distorted just like their behavior is distorted from what we would expect based on social norms. So distorted thinking translates into distorted behavior. This conversion from thoughts to behavior can occur both intentionally and unintentionally. But either way, it has terrible consequences for people who are exposed to vulnerable narcissists. Now there's a theory that says that people engage in behavior for a purpose. That purpose may be based on irrational thinking, bad information, desires the person really doesn't understand, fear, love. There are a lot of reasons for behavior. Now some reasons, some purposes, are more common with certain personality constructs. For example, if somebody's paranoid, the purpose for much of their behavior might be fear. If somebody has obsessive compulsive traits, the purpose might be a desire for order. 
Sometimes different personality profiles can lead to the same behavior, but for different reasons. There was a different purpose for engaging in that behavior. Vulnerable narcissism most closely aligns with cluster B personality pathology, and within cluster B, its closest relationships would be with narcissistic and borderline personality disorders. I will go through this list of 10 behaviors and list the thoughts that somebody with vulnerable narcissism might have right before they engage in that behavior or as they're engaging in that behavior. For comparison, for each of the behaviors, I'll also discuss a thought from another personality construct, for example, avoidant, dependent, or borderline, some of the traits we see associated with various personality disorders. I'm offering a conceptualization, a theory about what could be happening. What's actually happening in any particular case, of course, could be quite different. So in a sense, with these 10 examples, this is what the vulnerable narcissist would say to the victim of the behavior or to someone who's simply watching the behavior. If that vulnerable narcissist had perfect insight and they were honest. So a couple things to point out as I go through these behaviors. When I use the word thought in this context, it could also be a belief, attitude, or expectation. And the behaviors I'll be going through could apply to a variety of scenarios involving the narcissist, like a husband and wife relationship, other family relationships, work relationships. I'll specify what scenario I'm talking about if I'm applying the example to a specific situation. So now moving to the 10 behaviors, starting with number one, this is blame shifting, but I'm talking about a specific type of blame shifting here. So this is the type where somebody makes a criticism or provides feedback to the narcissist and that narcissist attacks that person. So this is a little bit different moving from vulnerable to grandiose narcissism. So picture criticism in an analogy where the criticism itself is a tennis ball right? So the non-narcissist just catches the ball, right? So somebody makes a criticism by throwing the ball in this analogy. They throw the ball at the non-narcissist. The non-narcissist just catches it. The grandiose narcissist deflects the ball, right? So they kind of shift their body to the side. It hits them and kind of deflects away. Or like an alien from some sci-fi movie, the ball just goes right through them, right? So the grandiose narcissist doesn't really worry too much about criticism. The vulnerable narcissist hits that tennis ball right back to the person who threw it. So they just hit it back and they don't catch it first. They don't look at it. They don't examine it, right? It's just almost reflexive. So what are the thoughts with this particular type of blame shifting? Again, just looking at vulnerable narcissism. The first thought, I'm so hurt by that criticism that I can't even address this issue, but hurting you will bring me some relief. Next thought, the idea of criticism itself is offensive to me. Criticism is for people who are not perfect. The last thought here, I only value the feedback of high status people and you don't fall into that category. So now shifting over here to look at borderline personality disorder with the same situation with blame shifting. When you criticized me, you proved that you did not love me. So now I'm going to hurt you for doing that. So we can see from this that this is actually quite similar to what we would expect with vulnerable narcissism, which underscores the similarity between these two constructs. Behavior number two, falsely accusing somebody, then playing the victim. This one is fairly common in work scenarios. The vulnerable narcissist is in a position of power and they violate another employee's rights. When that employee complains, the vulnerable narcissist now pretends that they are the victim. 
right? The narcissist is the victim. So the thoughts here, I can dish it out, but I can't take it, right? Fairly direct. I never thought you would have the courage or conviction to stand up for yourself. So now I need to think of a strategy to extricate myself from responsibility for the problem that I caused. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. The last thought, I cannot do anything to build my own credibility or reputation, but I can discredit you. And if I do that, I've still managed to cause some damage and I can be satisfied with that outcome. So how about looking at a false accusation and then playing the victim from an antisocial personality disorder perspective? I know my false accusation will get me in trouble, but if I play the victim, I can get out of trouble much simpler and more straightforward. Notice that it doesn't take into account how the other person feels. It's simply a calculation. Now moving to behavior three, this is claiming to have memory problems. And what I mean by this is, this is another common scenario that could happen at work. The vulnerable narcissist is caught saying something they're not allowed to say, and they claim they can't remember ever saying it. So the thoughts here, rather than claiming I didn't remember, I wanted to come up with a lie that would cause more damage but I couldn't think of one. Therefore, I'm not as good of a liar as I thought I was. So I guess everybody should have a goal, right? I'm not sure this is a good goal, but it's a goal. I have no defense for my behavior. Therefore, I am conveniently forgetting things, right? This one's fairly straightforward. I know it's simply your word against mine because no one else in this workplace will ever challenge me. So I'm not going to invest the energy to think up a good lie. Rather, I'm just going to claim to not have any memory of the event. So now looking at this same situation from the perspective of obsessive compulsive personality disorder, OCPD. I know I said something that I shouldn't, but I have other things I need to get done. And it's just easier to say, I don't remember, right? So with this one, we have this push to be productive and the person just can't get involved with all the energy it would take to come up with a good lie. Now moving to behavior number four, this is bringing up a sore topic on purpose. Sometimes the vulnerable narcissist brings up a sensitive topic because they know that this will cause somebody to suffer. They make it seem casual. For example, in a long-term romantic relationship, the husband reminds the wife that she lost somebody close to her, perhaps a parent. So the thoughts here, I like to see people suffer without my actions being the obvious cause of that suffering, so I cannot be blamed. Next thought, you hurt my feelings the other day and I didn't address it with you. This is my revenge. And then we have, 
I am feeling sad today, so I thought it was fitting that you would feel sad too, right? So this is just the misery loves company theory of vulnerable narcissism that we've seen so many times. Looking at this from a dependent personality disorder perspective, I wanted you to be reminded that you are alone and all we have is each other, right? So this keeps that dependent relationship intact. Moving to the fifth behavior. This is stealing credit for someone else's work. This is fairly common in work settings when we see vulnerable narcissism. The first thought, it makes me so mad that your work is better than mine because I'm much better than you in every way. Next thought, if I had enough time, I could have done this work myself, but because you already did it, I might as well take credit for it. This is really just a sense of entitlement. The last thought, I deserve credit for your work because without me, you would never have been able to do the work. I assigned the project to you, therefore, I made it possible for you to complete it, right? So not a lot of logic here, but this is the thinking that we see. Looking at the same situation from the perspective of histrionic personality disorder, I know that I took your work, but we are such good friends, I didn't think you would mind, right? So that's something common we see with histrionic personality disorder. Now moving to sign number six, the vulnerable narcissistic wife starts berating her husband out of nowhere, simply starting a fight for seemingly no reason. The thoughts here, seeing you suffer brings me joy or at least takes away my pain. I think most of the time it would really be more about taking away the pain. The next thought, I'm so angry to have an ordinary person in my presence, right? So just the general annoyance that narcissists have by being around people that they think are inferior. The last thought, I have a need that you are not meeting and I need you to recognize that need without me telling you what it is. Somehow I think that yelling at you will solve the problem, right? This is one we see from time to time. So looking at the same situation from the perspective of paranoid personality disorder, I think you're up to no good. And if we have this argument out of nowhere, you'll be caught off guard. You'll have a lot of emotions and you'll confess to the wrongdoing that I suspect. So this one's really like kind of setting a trap. Now moving to behavior seven, a father stops talking to his daughter one day and never resumes. He just ends the relationship with no warning. The first thought, I'm not the father that I want to be and it's causing me to experience shame. It's just easier not to have communication than face that shame. The second thought, I've been giving off subtle hints that I'm disappointed in you for several years, but you didn't get the hint. And the last thought, you've committed some small violation against me many years ago. I am capable of holding a grudge for a long time and it's your fault for not knowing my nature. So the same situation now looking at dependent personality disorder. I found somebody else to provide support to me. Now moving to number eight, this is where the vulnerable narcissist flaunts how much money they make. Now one thing interesting here is often they tend to avoid exact figures, worried that if I put out an exact figure, somebody else might put out a figure that's greater. So one of the popular ways that vulnerable narcissists express their earnings is to use the term six figures, which of course can range from a 100,000 to just shy of a million, giving them a lot of flexibility as they craft their lies. The thoughts here, I'm more important than you and I want you to know that the differences between us can be quantified. The second thought, I'm resentful that you are superior in some areas and flaunting about money makes it seem like I'm not resentful. The last thought, 
I know that high-status people earn a lot of money, and I want to be regarded as a high-status person, too. Now, looking at the same behavior from the paranoid personality disorder perspective, if you choose to come after me, I want you to know that I have access to resources, right? So this is really more self-defensive in the context of paranoia. Now, moving to behavior nine, the vulnerable narcissistic mother acts cold and distant in kind of a passive-aggressive way toward her son. The thoughts here, I want you to know that I'm tough enough to continue to make your life miserable as long as I want to. I will win the war of attrition. Next thought, I'm hurt that you don't appear to need me as much as you grow older. And the last thought, I don't have the depth or emotional sensitivity to communicate my needs in a more effective way. How about the situation from a borderline personality disorder perspective? I'm afraid that you plan on rejecting me, so I'm going to reject you first. And this brings me to behavior number 10. This is the last behavior. The vulnerable narcissist temporarily acts confident and domineering in a social situation. So they're acting more like a grandiose narcissist. This may be a situation where a person is watching this, not necessarily the target of the behavior. So like a supervisor who's harsh with another employee and you're watching this interaction between them. So in a sense, the supervisor is trying to impress you. So the thoughts here, I'm as strong as a grandiose narcissist, right? So most of the time when they think this, they would probably have a specific grandiose narcissist in mind, perhaps another coworker who's extremely confident. This is in line with the theory that a vulnerable narcissist is really, in some ways, a failing grandiose narcissist. The narcissism is incomplete. The next thought, I want you to see that I have power so that you will follow me. So this is the thought if they want to recruit narcissistic agents, people who will help them conduct and get away with their bad behavior. They don't want to offend that agent directly because they want to use them, but they still want to show that they have the ability to be offensive. So this is the behavior they use. They become dominant and confident to show off. The last thought, I know that I'm weak and I'm overcompensating by trying to dominate others. So this is really looking more at the insecure side. So what about from the perspective of avoidant personality disorder? I desperately want to be able to assert myself in a way that society accepts, but I'm just not sure how to do it. So here, the point of their behavior isn't to be mean or hurtful. It's more like experimentation, and they're just not sure how to be assertive, to be socially appropriate without coming off as dominant and overconfident. For more content like this, check out Healthy Toxic, another podcast from Ars Longa Media, all about what makes or breaks relationships, including issues related to narcissism, narcissistic abuse, and how personality disorders affect relationships. Ars Longa, Vita Brevitz. Learn more at ArsLonga.media. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who have overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave.